Hello, beautiful people. Thank you for clicking on this episode and joining us here at the Melanated Intellects Podcast. My name is Patrice. And my name is Shayla. We are here to talk about everyday melanated topics while bringing a distinct intellectual perspective. Thanks so much for joining. Hello, hello, hello. We're excited. We are so excited about this episode. Uh, hopefully a good compliment to our previous episode about imposter syndrome. So if you haven't checked that out, please do. Uh, we're going to be speaking about code switching today, which just for us, just make sure everybody's on the same page. I feel like everyone would know what that is, but I'm going to bring us up to speed just in case we don't. Code switching. This is according to dictionary.com. As always, links will be in the description. Um, it's just essentially the alternating or mixed use of two or more languages, especially within the same discourse. So um, if you know someone personally that where they speak both English and Spanish, you hear this a lot. But what we're going to be talking about today is black people and our code switching. And if you're not familiar with the term AAVE, which is African American Vernacular English, or you may previously have heard it referred to as slang or Ebonics, mm-hmm. um, there's uh, really, do I want to call it a phenomenon? I am going to call it a phenomenon because I think uh, I know some people that are very good at it and I'm very good at it myself. That's what I'm going to call it, a phenomenon um, that happens quite regularly, particularly when we're in corporate or white spaces. So that's what we're going to be speaking about today. I feel like there's a lot to discuss. Um, So question that I'm going to throw out there, Patrice, do you code switch? And if so, why? I do code switch and I do it because as y'all haven't learned, I talk a lot of shit. And, (laughs) you know, I think as as African-Americans, we shoot the shit. You know what I'm saying? We grew up in households where we clown each other. We point things out very bluntly. You know what I mean? Like, you come in here with some messed up shoes or whatever the case is. What's going on, baby? You okay? Why are you missing this? What's going on? Why are you there? Like, things don't fly in our house, okay? You better Um, have a thick skin and a black household. That's for sure. Damn sure. Your shortcomings will be highlighted, okay? And in processes, in meetings, in my early years, I've never been absolutely insane. Like, I knew, so I will say I give my mother credit because she ran an accounting firm out of our home. So I got to see it live when she had oh. a client, how she would change, how she wore her hair, how she would dress like as if she was going into work and she would sit a certain way. She would communicate a certain way. And then when they left, it was back to talking shit. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. I witnessed it without even realizing it. And from there, I think, honestly, that was even a privilege for me, which I've brought this up in other episodes, because when it came to the corporate world, I knew what was required to get in. I had to speak this language, whereas there are a lot of black people who don't have that. They've never seen it, don't even know anybody in corporate, and they're trying to get in, and they don't understand why using AAVE for somebody else is going to come off as you don't speak proper communication and you can't communicate accurately or whatever the hell they like to say. So I will say that seeing that definitely introduced me to it. And from there, I, I listen, I am a tall, thick black woman. Okay. Um, to the right person, I'm a threat for that reason alone. I'm an Amazon. I've always been called an Amazon. Um, Shayla don't believe I'm tall, but I am. 
And I never <laughs> said you wasn't tall. I just said I wasn't short. Now, don't be putting that out there. <laughs> okay, we had a tall debate for the audience just to bring you up to speed. We had a tall debate. I don't care what Patrice say. I'm 5'8", okay? She is definitely taller than me. She is definitely taller than me. Uh, you know, I'm just saying. Five, six. I've never been five six. I I sent her the measurements and everything, so I really don't expect this to be no more beef, Patrice. You know, my dad measured me. He's a very honest man. He measured me. He marked it on the wall. I she sent did. her pictures. Okay, so it's it's all proof. I was like, is in the pudding. You all, all legs, right. but you still short. Okay, okay. That's not possible. <laughs> she legs. I am, I am sixty percent legs. That's real. I'm not gonna legs, deny that at all. Legs, and dreads. That's what we need to say. That's, That's me all day. That's me all day. <laughs> That's me all day, honey. 60% leg. <laughs> I'm weak as fuck. But, I, but, you know, going back to my point, though, I can be easily perceived as a threat because of my size alone. And there have been situations where I have went to talk to peers and like, hey, you know, help me understand, blah, blah, blah. You know, help me understand. We all know that lingo. Moving forward, I would like to, you know, a little shit like that. Used it. Tried to, I mean, even when I'm in the box, I will still get accused of being angry, aggressive. Oh, Lord, the aggressive. Oh, so many times. Where I was like, I wasn't even mad. Who said So you saying aggressive? you're not a good pole switcher? Is that I'm, what you're saying? So here's the thing. I was, I legit was not mad. I think because okay. I was talking to somebody about something that they did wrong and discussing it, I was perceived that way. But I was actually truly authentically trying to understand. But I, don't, I think in some of these spaces, there ain't shit you can do to change how they perceive you. You Sometimes could. I think I think that's true. Sometimes yeah. I think our natural communication is more passionate um, than theirs, and I think it's often misconstrued. Um, and sometimes you're right, maybe prejudged, misconstrued. That's yeah, fair. because I kid you not, I I'm aware that I know me, y'all. I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you. I know me. I know not to bring that passion to the to the wrong person. Especially see, because of our my size. Well, us taking down our pat, we might be like a num- number 10 normally. So we figure we take it down to a three and we're still good. Whereas for them, they're at a one. So a three seems too much. Sometimes I think that's what happened. I'm not saying that's what happened here in this mm-hmm. situation. I'm that's just saying true. sometimes that's what happens. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I, but you know what? What's also interesting, even within our own culture, I've been perceived as a threat in communication because I'm blunt. I could talk to you just like this, but because of me calling out your shit or how, whatever the fuck I'm saying, Oh my God, she wanted to fight me. No, I did not, girl. Ain't nobody got time to be putting no hands on your dumb ass today. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, <laughs> oh, okay. this is triggering subject matter for Patrice. Sorry. Okay. okay, anyway, got let it. me just say, okay, I often. <laughs> I like how you said you wasn't aggressive and then you became. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm irritated. I, I ain't trying to put no damn hands on your crazy girl. I'm like, you know, sign like my uncle. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. I can, but that's the, I can bring as much light to a situation as I want to, but I can't change how people think and perceive me. You know, the truth is I'm a big black woman and there's already an angry black woman persona. And then you got the big black woman on top of that. That's fair. I can't always change it. And 
I'm gonna be honest. I think that might be why I'm half committed to the code switching. I'm just not. Oh. I'm not good at it. I'm not. A, I am not good at being. I'm not saying that code switches are complicit, but I'm not good at shutting the fuck up, and I'm not good at pretending like I don't have a problem with you feeling like I need to do whatever you think this is, put on this face for you. I used to do it. I mean, I used to do it so heavy, tried so hard to keep myself from appearing too aggressive, too loud, too this, too that, and really shrinking myself. Even in positive spaces where I was bringing positive intent and positive interactions, I still would shrink myself so I didn't come off as too positive, too loud to anything I, oh my goodness yeah that's so amazing really no fuck that I, I can't I don't it does it does not work for me okay it oh. doesn't it don't I think work. the audience is starting to get that picture okay I'm not Patrice is you, is you only have committed it don't really work for her <laughs> and here's I the think thing we're picking that up so, and, and the, if you listen to the last episode, you realize that I am learning that I'm a perfectionist. Well, another word that I'm also learning about myself, which is crazy because I know I've told y'all about many times I have cried over stupid shit. I'm an empath and I did not know this until <laughs> the last year or so, which it's, again, somebody going to say, well, duh, you cry over America's Next Top Model. You cry over baby commercials. Like, your know, ass is in the max. But... I bring a lot of consideration for other people to my conversations. Always, I lead with how do they feel? How can I, how do I influence how they feel? How can I prevent from sending the wrong message? I bring all of that to my conversations on accident because sometimes I really don't need to. Sometimes I really should be thinking about myself and fuck these people, but I do it anyway, going against myself and I still fall short. So I'm just going to say I'm, not a good code switcher. I do try. Okay. I, well, I have okay. tried, I should say. Um, I won't say that <laughs> now um, I'm, a, I'm a loose cannon, but I'm a corporate version of Patrice. I have developed a mm. corporate comfort for myself where I'm not bringing what y'all getting right now to work. Well, except for my cool coworkers who I just talk shoot the shit with. But I'm not, I'm not bringing this to work. But I do bring, like, a level of, like, I, I'm okay being myself. Like, mm. I just – but I also understand I brought that to the interview. I brought that to my leadership. I brought that to the culture. And the culture also brought that to me with the people I interacted with throughout the process. So I felt like, okay, we all on the same page of, mm. you know, granted – Again, um, this is virtual, so I don't know if they know I'm a big ass black woman yet. <laughs> but I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you know, I will say working virtual has really changed a lot of that too. I think that there's a survey going around where it said 97% black women have said that working from home has felt so much more secure because of they don't have to put up with the microaggressions. They don't have to do with the conflict and the drama. They can just do the, do their work and carry on and close that laptop. And I, I just that. thought that's so real. That's very real. I have not had comments about my hair in over a year. Thanks to COVID. So. <laughs> that's real. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That definitely makes sense. Um, for me, do I code switch? 
um i'm not gonna lie i'm an artist Mm -hmm. yes i absolutely code switch um very very well Mm-hmm. And why I do it, um, th- I don't. I'm just gonna be honest. I don't know if this is a popular reason, um, but even when I communicate, because I was talking to Cartier, that's my sister. Just in case you haven't heard on previous podcasts, and we're close. Um, and I was talking to her, and she was like, "I can even tell what friend you are speaking to when you are speaking to a friend." She was like, "I know from the tone of your voice." which friend you're speaking to now. So someone would be like, okay, well I I could have a diverse group of friends, but traditionally we're talking about black friends. So why, Mm -hmm. what are you doing where it's different? Well, I like to communicate to people in their language and that, and please don't mistake that to mean that I'm being phony because I'm still saying to you what I would be saying to any other friend, but my Mm -hmm. delivery may change based on who you are and how I know me and that person communicate. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I do it is because that's what I want people to do for me. So one of the things that's an irritant for me, and if you know me personally, then you know that I'm a very logical person. I like to make my decisions based off facts, not emotions. So for example, if someone is trying to convince me to do something, let's say I'm gonna use an example of a friend wanting me to go to a social event with them, because we've also established that I'm introverted. Okay. Um, and they say things like a lot of fine men going to be there. The drinks <laughs> is going to be popping. Um, we're going to meet a lot of great people. Some really dope people. I want you to meet the dance floor is always lit. I'm irritated because you're not speaking to me and Shayla Lane. You haven't said anything that would convince me to go to this. And I feel like as someone who should know me, you should know better than that. Now, if you said to me, Shayla, it's some really dope people that's going to be there that I think could really add to your guest list for your podcast. And I know that you are a foodie and they have the best jalapeno pop. I don't even eat jalapenos, but you know what I'm saying? They have the best, whatever appetizers. Uh-huh. And then, you know what? It was this really cool drink girl. Let me show you a picture. And you show me, you know, a very appeal, visually appealing drink. Now, T- you're speaking my language. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Talk to me nice. I don't <laughs> like when people like speak to me. And right. it very it frustrates me very much so. So I think I give that same I unconsciously do it in my friend group because one I'm a very good read of people and I'm definitely an observer. Um, and I just know that's what works for me and this particular friend. And there are some things that I might tell all my friends one thing, but the words that I use to tell friend A and friend B are going to be different based on that person sometimes. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason why I code switch, I'm also very, in addition to being an introvert, I'm very deliberative, very concise in particular when it comes to the way that I communicate and show up in the world. And the reason why is because I don't like for people to be confused about what I'm saying. I don't want there to be any confusion, especially if you upset me and I'm going to speak to you in the language that I need for you to understand. Mm -hmm. I'm going to speak to you in your language because I don't want there to be any misunderstandings at all whatsoever at all. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, a couple things when it comes to code switching in corporate one, I understand and it's necessary It's part of the assignment. If I'm going to get where I need to get to. Mm-hmm. And can we talk about how that's unfortunate when it comes to being black in America? Absolutely. But until that's changed, 
That's then I plan on right. showing up to get to because I'm not here. I'm not. I'm here to get to a particular goal or to a particular income or a particular role. I, I, I'm not focused on um, fighting the fight is for a, a separate occasion for me. When I'm in corporate mode, it's about getting to where I need to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's part of it. And then the other part of it is when I'm speaking to someone who's not African-American, I don't want there to be any confusion about what I'm saying. I don't want to be misunderstood. I'm definitely not a person that really like repeating herself too many times. So I don't want to have to, like, I don't like repeating my, I like to say it once you got me. Okay. You have a follow-up question. No. Okay. Move on. I'm very efficient and direct when it comes to my communication. Um, now code switching isn't just about the language you use. Mm-hmm. It can also be about, um, you know, your body language and you just your whole aura, right? Mm-hmm. So it's more, it's a whole persona. It's not just, you know, your the words you're using. So Patricia has mentioned this before we got on here, which I didn't, I mean, I, I do know that I do it, but I hadn't put it underneath the code switching category of me being an introvert, right? And so, in a, in a, in a, when Patrice met me in corporate, <laughs> she had no idea I was an introvert because there was no signs of that, right? Everybody and loved so, this woman. Every fucking body. She loved me. We would be walking down the hall <laughs> in like 2015. Oh my God, there's Shayla, Shayla. Hi. I'm like, how the fuck you got fans at work? How does this work? I'm like, I'm. Let me observe and pay the fuck attention, cause here I am, the struggle code switcher, and I'm like, what the fuck is she doing? She's like the whisperer, the corporate whisperer. <laughs> so I need to know what's going on. Everybody fucking loved her, and I mean, she was everywhere. And don't get me wrong, like, we came from very opposite culture sides of the company too. So culture was very yeah. different where she was. Definitely. So not to say like people hated me. That that's not the case. Like I've got my family there too. Like people were awesome. But they were a lot like me in my area because of the culture difference of where the type of service that we provided. But Shayla, <laughs> I mean new hires, I mean people who've been there 20, 30 years. <laughs> Shayla. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? Shayla. <sighs> What you telling these people? What you doing? What are you okay, doing? Okay, so let me tell you my journey because I feel like <laughs> being black, you have to be a code switcher. And then in a way, being an introvert, you also have to be a code Absolutely. switcher. Yeah. So, um, let, so let me share my journey when it comes to me being an introvert. So probably college is the first time that I remember maybe maybe a little bit of high school because um, I've, I've shared that I'm a foodie. I was in a culinary arts program in high school and we needed to get a job in the field. And so that was probably like my first time really being aware of interviewing and how I came off to people. And at first it was a real struggle because I, as an introvert, had been sent this message that I'm unapproachable. Nobody wanted to hire anybody that was quiet. Once I got to college, they had like a career services where they would kind of um, coach you on interviewing and things of that nature. And people, you have a short period of time to make a great first impression. And they also had a lot of career fairs. And so obviously at a career fair, it's even shorter than an interview time that you have with someone. And what I would do, and um, this is just part of my journey. I hated that I felt I needed to do this, but this was just part of my journey. Mm -hmm. I became a completely different person. No essence of the real Shayla. I would go into these interviews and I would become this outgoing, giving compliments, anything you need. 
uh, person and then I would get hired. I remember my first real job I got hired at and then I would turn into me and they would be like, wait a minute. Um, a little odd. They were like, that's a little odd. I'm going to let it go, but that's a little odd. You know, I'm not going to fire you nothing, but that's a little odd. Okay. You know, and then moving on to college, I would go to these career fairs and I would just like put on this. It was like, you know, Beyonce and Sasha Fierce. You know what I'm saying? Like it was just a whole new person. And I hated it because one thing that, um, and we're going to get into that in later episodes that can be triggering for me is when people don't allow other people to show up authentically as themselves. That's Mm -hmm. a thing for me. I am healing. I am not healed. So it's still a a sore spot for me. And, um, I hated it. I just hated that. I felt I needed to do it. I hate that. That's what I was being told really kind of indirectly from, those who were coaching me that that's kind of what I needed to do I just hated it and I kind of became an introvert advocate of a sort so eventually by the time I'm I would have grown a lot by the time I met Patrice and we were at the company that we were at together and um, when I was a regular entry-level employee I was true to myself quiet introvert uh you know I mean you know I spoke when people spoke to me you know obviously I was in a customer facing role so obviously you know I had a cold switching persona I put on for the customers I think most of us do that's fine and I wanted to move up and I understood without anyone needing to give me feedback so no one gave me feedback I understood that I had to show up differently if I wanted to become the next level which was a level one manager I knew that I needed to show up differently socially if that was something that was going to become a thing. Mm-hmm. I also knew that my employees that I would be um, helping were new employees in, in this particular department. They were young, so anywhere from like 17 to 25 years old. It was like a part-time department, so they were young traditionally. And... The feedback that I had gotten about not being approachable, for the most part, I don't really care that I'm not approachable. However, in this particular case, I'm a person that's very, I like, let me not say I like, no, let me say I like. I like, and it's quite natural for me to take on responsibility of teaching or of mentoring someone. Mm -hmm. So I knew that going into this role, I never wanted my eight, my employees to feel like I was unapproachable, like they couldn't come talk to me about their development or about their work and how I could show up for them. So I immediately, no one needed to tell me, immediately decided that I would find some balance. I didn't want to become how I was, Shayla, in the past in high school where I was going to be fake because it just felt bad. And I promised myself I would never go back to that. So what I decided to do was just to be Shayla, but just be the Shayla that I am at home, at work. Mm-hmm. That's what I decided to do. So it wasn't, so to to people looking on the outside, looking in, it can appear like it was an act. And I worked for this company for like over five years. It wasn't an act for five years. I just decided to bring Shayla from at home to work for the sake and benefit of me needing to help develop, coach, train, and lead people because that's those are the type of characteristics I would want in my leader. Mm-hmm. So, um I wasn't, I wasn't acting, you know, when Patrice met me, I, she's correct. I was very, I was very popular. First time I was ever popular in my entire life. First of all, I want to put that out there. It was a very odd feeling for me. People knew my name and I didn't know theirs, you know, and I, I, 
it was an adjustment for me for sure. Um, you know, not normal. To, and other people would be like, what? I never knew you were an introvert. And I'm just like, yeah, I am. But, you know, and, and I think what happened is when I showed up authentically to my employees, other people noticed. Other mm-hmm. peers, um, other um, employees on other teams and then people start, I think really people started liking me from the way they saw me interact with my employees. Cause some mm-hmm. people is like, why do you like me? We never even worked together, you know? <laughs> but I just think they liked me because they saw, saw me showing up from a distance, you know, and enjoyed whatever it was that they observed or saw. So, um, I say all of that to say, yeah, you know, I, I feel, I wish there was a space where people allowed introverts to be true introverts um and this is just my take so you know outgoing people may feel differently I have always felt like society outside of work outside of work and maybe even inside of work a little bit Mm -hmm. society accepts an outgoing person more than they accept a non-outgoing person um parties um, you know, if you ain't going to dance, if you're not going to socialize, then you shouldn't be here. Right. Like that's the thing. Or at least it was, I don't know if it's, I don't go no more. <laughs> so I don't know. If it's still <laughs> I don't know if it's still thing. Cause I don't go no more. Cause just parties aren't my thing. They just aren't, that's not what fills me up. Um, and it's, I find it to be frustrating, particularly in the, in the corporate environment. And I just mm-hmm. think, um, introverts bring, a variety of different skill sets that you may never know if you don't give them an opportunity and hire them or if you don't ever select them for your team or whatever, you know. So I don't know. That's my take. Yeah, absolutely. So here, and here's the thing, okay. Yes, I, I'm, a, I'm a social butterfly, as we have all learned. Um, I still struggled because I'm so goal-oriented. So I would come into the corporate world, put my head down, grind it out. I'm going to get what I deserve. And that's not how it works, not for a black woman. And you put your head down, no one's going to see you. And so to Shayla's point, I think what corporate America does not see is the distinction between an introvert and a non-introvert black person. I think to them, you just aren't present. And we need to see you do X, Y, and Z for us to consider you like, and let me, let me go into more detail to make that make sense. So I knew I wanted to be in leadership when I joined this company and me and Shayla worked at, and, um, I had leadership experience. I had worked on my own in the past, you name it. Right. And, um, my feedback was to be present. I was like, what they got to do with doing the thing job? I'm just so confused. <laughs> and it wasn't, I wouldn't even say it's necessarily feedback. I would just go, I go and ask like, you know, what, how can I get there? How can I get there? Like it was an active conversation I always had, um, you know, and these are things we look for, buzz, presence, yada, yada, was what was communicated to me. So in my area, it's not a enthusiastic region of this company. Um, and if, and when it was, it wasn't for the same reasons that Shayla's department was, for example. Yeah. And so, um, I remember always standing up and saying hello to our leaders, executives, whoever calling them by their name. Hey, how's it going? Yada, yada. Stop and talking to them all the time. Stop all the time. They knew nothing about my leadership style. They knew nothing about me 
as in terms of even performance. But because I spoke to them, smiled to them, I appeared friendly, that honestly is what got me into interviews was because I had a friendly buzz about me. And in my opinion, a black woman or a black man, when they don't speak, and especially if they're an introvert, I feel like it's a difference between, so if, if somebody black don't speak at work, they got a bad attitude. If somebody who is cis, white, male, or whatever the case is, a corporate belonging, stereotypically individual, they might be sad or they're just not talking. It's different. It's perceived way different. And I think as minorities, we always have to overcome the stereotypes that are honest. And even if it's something as small as not speaking and putting your head down and working, it's for whatever reason, you have removed your ability to lead. You have removed your ability to perform. And instead, that person has bad you. They don't like talking. And that's what people f- will focus on. They will not focus on your work or the fact that you are hitting X, Y, Z metrics. It's that person is a bad attitude. And of course, approachability is huge. But what's always been interesting to me is, so I guess, of course, I, w- I want to carry the approachability. I want to come off that way. Same thing, right? But in a different manner. Um, obviously, I'm outgoing. Shayla's introverted. So obviously, we go about things differently. We're in a different cultured environment as well, or opposites. <laughs> but in my opinion, it's like, if you're not in a space for people to need to approach you, Who's to say that you're not approachable in that role? You won't be approachable. Who's to say you wouldn't have these characteristics when you haven't even gotten to the interview to talk about how you'd handle these situations or you haven't even been put in a, in a position or an opportunity to assist a team or to mentor someone? Who's to know how you will handle that because you haven't even been given a fair shake at the opportunity? But because you won't smile or you are just working or you're focused on X, Y, Z that doesn't, that isn't so performative for an environment, that's how we're going to make a decision off of your performance or your ability to do your job or do this job that I've always struggled with that. But that is, that's the name of the game. Like Shayla said, you know, for me, I've never, I didn't quite view it that way. And again, we were in different, we were in completely different areas Mm -hmm. culturally. So I I wasn't in Patrice's area uh, for the audience to be able to say how that area was. But for me, um, I just feel like, because I I got to the point where, you know, I had power, a lot of power to um, recommend people for roles and -hmm. in some cases interview and be a part of that process. And how I understood it or how I interpreted it was, and this is definitely part of the game. Mm-hmm. If I'm, if, if, if a person is being hired for a role, right? Mm-hmm. The people who communicate with the, this, let, let's call them a, a, a interviewer. Okay. Mm-hmm. The person who interacts the most with this interviewer is the person that is on their brain when they're interviewing. So I consider it to be more part of a game in the sense of if we don't ever speak, it's not to say that you don't have great leadership skills, but I don't even know who you are because we don't ever speak. You're not at the forefront of my mind. Right. And so the game really comes into play when you talk about, and I used to, I used to have calendar reminders <laughs> to socially interact 
I told you I'm an artist, so write this down if you're struggling. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have calendar reminders to go interact with certain people. And I was really good for people who reported under me. I was very bad with peers. I was good with people who reported above me and under me. I was horrible with peers. Mm. And I used to have calendar reminders to remind me to go socialize with these people. Rather that meant communicating with them via email or, you know, for us, we had like a chat system that we can communicate with. Or if that meant, you know, physically getting up and just going to ask them how their weekend was. Mm -hmm. And the moral of the story is, is that when there's time for a promotion to be had, and, and usually it's not just one interviewer, sometimes it can be a group, or even if it's one person interviewing, it's a group of people that's deciding what this new role is going to look like and mm -hmm. et cetera. Mm -hmm. I'm on their mind because I've talked to them once a week or I don't know, however my, often my calendar reminder was going to go off. So that's how I viewed it um, was that you need to be at the forefront of people's minds. And if the, all you're doing is putting your head down and getting your work done and being productive, which is great, mm -hmm. but they are, you're not on their mind, then it doesn't mm -hmm. help you to get the promotion. I think the other part, which I think is a little unfair, but I think the other part that people kind of higher up assume is that if you can't effectively and presently socialize with me, then how do I know you can effectively and presently socialize with a team of people that you would be required to lead? Right, I don't totally think that's a fair assessment. Right. Yeah, I don't think it's a fair assessment. I don't agree mm -hmm. with that assessment, but I think that's sort of the yeah. mind, the thought process around Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. I will say that it, that is why another reason why I got really comfortable talking to leadership, because I wanted to be prepared and overcome that whatever you feel when you walk into a room, you need to present to a bunch of department managers, whoever the situation is. Now, I will say that there were situations where... <laughs> Look at me. I'm still I'm stuttering. But <laughs> get my words together. Let's come on now. I feel like when you are considering hiring externally, you don't know who you're going to get for that role. That's true. So in hindsight, it should be considered the same internally. It shouldn't be based off who's the loudest, who has the best presentation, who has X, Y, Z, because there's so many circumstances like that that keep people out of the role. Those filters that don't really matter. And I agree with you. That is a part of the game. It is true. I, and I, I had to learn that. But in the beginning for me, and again, this is why I'm a terrible code switcher, not to say I never conform, but clearly I did at some point. That's how I got here. But to say this is where my struggles were, if the job description says, must have a track record, proven track rather record of leading a team or have a proven track record of meeting XYZ metrics or having proven track record of organizing and analytics and blah, 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 blah. That is what I'm going to focus on to, uh, to get to this job. So I'm thinking, you know, in hindsight, this is the way I feel like it should be. I'm thinking the people who are considering this job should be looking at these requirements that they have set for this role and who can fulfill these requirements set for this role, not who has been asking me about my weekend. But you're right, that is the game. And that is where I really struggled with code switching because I'm a very literal person. If you say these are my requirements, why the fuck I need to know about your weekend in order to meet these requirements to be a part of well, this see, job? And how? And here's how I used to, when I was developing my employees, mm -hmm. I used to explain it to them like this. 
there's a side of the role that everyone is clear on and gets yep. clearly communicated and that anyone, most people in the building, leadership or otherwise, would be more than happy to help you understand, grasp, and get to. There's the other half of the role that no one talks about. And either you know the rules to that unspoken mm. part or yeah. you don't. Now, yeah. what I did, and I'm not to my own horn, I'm just being honest because I know what I bring to the table. What I did for those who I developed is I gave them the unspoken part because there's so many of us, yeah. black and white, by the mm. way, and young, that don't understand the unspoken part of the role. See, the mm -hmm. unspoken part of the role involves you being politically savvy. Exactly. Meaning, if you have a problem, you don't you go to your immediate supervisor. You don't go to the supervisor above that supervisor. That's something that some people don't know. Some people mm -hmm. don't know it. They don't know if your mama wasn't in corporate and your daddy wasn't in corporate and this is your first time in corporate. Maybe you didn't know them was the rules. See, yeah. they're unwritten, and no one's gonna give you feedback about that. You're gonna you have a problem. You skipped over your manager's head. Now you're not getting promoted for the next three years. Exactly. No one's gonna tell you that to your face. Mm -hmm. That's just what it is, right? So mm -hmm. the un and I'm not saying that. That the people to, to in the people's defense when you're saying these characteristics for this role I believe that I don't know it could depend on your company from where I was in my area of the company I believe that a lot not all a lot of times the person did fit the criteria but they mm -hmm. also had this unspoken part of the job application Right. that you are always applying for and the blanks are always being filled in for you know right. can you manage yourself can you be politically savvy can you make people feel comfortable speaking to you and most importantly when you really get up there in corporate can you hold equal intelligent and articulate conversations with our highest superiors mm -hmm. our ceos our vice presidents right when you really when you really get up there like can you hold your own in a room at a table with these other individuals and if all you have focused on is and this might not be fair i'm just saying how it is oh, yeah. if mm -hmm. all you have focused on is being great at your job they're gonna That's look at that and say lots of people can be great at their job. And not only that, you can train people to be great at their job. It's mm -hmm. much harder to train someone to be a code switcher, to be politically savvy, mm -hmm. and to know how to play the game. That's the part that is going to get in. And, and, and unfortunately, in a lot of cases, the people that know how to play the game get the job before the people who know how to do the job. Absolutely. Because... I can teach you how to do the job. I can't teach you when it's appropriate to go over your boss's head and when it ain't. And you know what? The, the hard part, because, okay, so for the audience, I was also a leader and a mentor. I found myself helping people do damage control because so many people, and going back to this point, black and white, made these mistakes and were trying to come back from it. But they were already, because I, I, I managed people who had been at the company. I did not manage new employees. I managed a lot more mm -hmm. tenured employees. So they were trying to come back from screwing up. And in my, in my area, you also had to move up in the company to be considered for other areas. Right. So you That's had true. to be at a higher level of the division at the point of us having this conversation. So I'm talking to people who've been with the company 15, 20 years, sometimes longer than I've even been alive about opportunities. And trying to combat that and come back to this is what happened 
this is why you're facing this and really trying to coach them on changing their habits, changing their approach to things and trying to rebuild that relationship. It is very difficult to do because like Shayla said, you will find yourself sitting out for three, four years in terms of consideration because of the buzz. That buzz is so real when it comes to being politically savvy. Again, it's something I had to learn the hard way, but I also never fucked up <laughs> along the way either. I had that privilege of, I never did anything outlandish. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. And I also learned from other people fucking up too. Like <laughs> I would see like, oh, And learn. just to clarify people, sure. what buzz was an internal term used in our corporation that essentially yes. meant what are people saying about you mm-hmm. so that was sort of a thing that people would ask like What's what are people buzz? saying what is your buzz what are people saying about you and in some cases they would ask you to go ask people what they're saying about you sometimes people's honest sometimes they wasn't um because how people perceive you can become really important when it comes to you getting role but if i'm going to be honest how people perceive you becomes really important when you're a leader because yep. if you have a negative quote-unquote buzz and let's say i skip over the fact that you have a negative buzz and because you're good for this role, I hire you for the role anyway, and you're leading people, if you haven't done damage control with the people you're leading, you already start negative with them. Scratch that you're doing the role well. You're leading, people need to want to work for you. And in order to get people to want to work for you, the, the quote-unquote buzz, which is what our corporation called it, needs to be worked on, rather we like that part or not. I mean, it could be unfair, but it just is something that has to happen. Absolutely. You have you know. to know the things that are up against you. You do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. it honest. is hard to undo. It can be done sometimes absolutely. if it's if it's severe. Sometimes I would recommend people start in a new department or yeah. start fresh. And then also your direct the the biggest and I learned this the biggest assistance to you in getting your quote unquote buzz changed is your direct supervisor. Mm-hmm. Because as a leader, I was asked about people's work ethic and what I thought personally of them all the time. And sometimes they weren't just on my team. They could have been on a parallel team or on the morning team. I work nights. Mm -hmm. So it could have been on a night team that wasn't on my team, though. You know what I mean? Because Mm -hmm. I grew to a point in the corporation where my opinion mattered. My words Mm -hmm. held weight. And so that's another thing that you want to think about when it comes to your perception, because your supervisor is not the only supervisor looking at you. Your team members are not the only team members looking at you. So sometimes I would be asked and have to give an opinion about someone. I would be careful. Like if I really felt like I didn't have a good judge or somebody, I wouldn't. But if you showing out and up and you ain't on my team, but you sit next to my team and I see you showing up and out. And if asked, I'm going to be honest because my loyalty lies to my peer who we're in this role where we're hiring people, whatever it is that Mm -hmm. we're doing together. That's where my loyalty lies. So, it's, 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 it's a lot to think about when it comes to code switching. I've seen it come so close to down to who you hang out with at work. Okay. Now I've never hung out with people outside of work that reported below me or above well, me. No, that yeah, no. I mean like as far as people trying to promote, right. I'm talking about who they hung out with. Oh yes. I have seen and that. the organization impacting your ability to move up. No matter how much talent was there, you were surrounding yourself with this, these people, these people have been in trouble for X, Y, Z and whatever X, Y, Z It's a bad judgment calling your part. You will not get this role. That's real. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, you, 
sometimes will need to disassociate yourself from yeah. other employees who, because I mean, I mean, but that's in life, you know, birds of a yeah. feather flock Your together circle. kind of mentality, you know, again, yeah. unfair. Should it be part of, you know, you promoting and you showing up in corporate? No, but it is because we're yep. people and people are the ones who choose who promote. Honestly, so, I did the best know. at work when I did not allow myself to have friends. Mm. because it for one okay here's here's one thing you got a goal of leadership this other person i'm okay first of all you do not know anybody until you've had to manage them let's be clear because there were a lot of teams <laughs> that i promoted into the manager on the very team that i was on <laughs> and that's you're real. Like, you you do this what is wrong with you what, do you not want a job like <laughs> That's real. You do get access to informa- information at a manager level that you was like, oh, she's been working here for 15 years and she do what? Like, you know, you didn't know that at an employee level, regular yes. employee level. Not everybody is like you. Not everybody That's knows so that these things can't be done if you want this opportunity. Here is your friend trying to get on the same way you did out here fucking up and you ain't even know it. And you are talking about this. Y'all talking the same conversation. Of course, y'all going to these same meetings with these same approaches, and you need to know that this is how you have branded yourself to this company with this person. I've done the best when I separated myself literally from everyone because you you really don't know what people are doing. You don't know that they're clocking in late, they're taking their lunch off or clocking off for their lunch or whatever the fuck is going on. You don't know (laughs) when these things are happening because the manager's not coming to you and telling you, and they're probably not going to tell you because you want to be in leadership and they can see that you're on your shit, but clearly they're not. They're not going to want to say, hey, Patrice, by the way, uh, I let my friend clock in my lunch for me, but uh, we won't be in leadership, right? Nobody, that's not going to happen, okay? So be careful who you surround yourself with. That's huge. Yeah, definitely. Huge. It's something um, like branding also, out here. It is brand. Yeah, it's absolutely branding. Um, and then also, because I'm going to, this, it was a subtle article that I'm, I'm going to put in the description as well. Um, but it was talking about, I'm glad you mentioned friends because it was talking about how African Americans often code switch depending on who they're talking to. Mm-hmm. And when they get to, you know, a friend, you know, you know, you yep. got your work friend, your work black friend, Patrice, my work uh, black friend, you know, hey, obviously hey we don't work there no more. We still friends, but, um, and how it switches up. So I think that adaptability I just look at it like this. The same adaptability that I have to be able to switch up when I need to is the mm-hmm. same adaptability that I apply to me getting to where I need to get to in corporate. Yeah. And I'm not saying that all that I should be portraying my morals or I should be portraying who I am, but I think what I eventually did was I was able to show up in a way that made me comfortable where I felt like I was still being me, but I was speaking, speaking or acting in a language in which could, they could understand. Um, because some, I think really they don't understand sometimes. And, um, instead of spending time trying to get you to understand what I'm saying or trying to get you to understand what I mean, I'd rather speak to you in your language so we can get to, on to where I need to go so I can get to leading the people I need to lead. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know, something to think about, um, on how quickly, you know, we adapt when it comes to code switching. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Um, very great conversation. I turned into a 
professional development course. Yeah, I'm, down with it. I'm with it. I'm you with better it. write this down. You better t- <laughs> if you're struggling, listen. If y'all struggling, you better take note of this. Just pause it and write some notes, okay. honey, because uh, you know it's real. And it's you know, again, I'm terrible at it, but I, I'm I'm doing pretty good. So if you like something I said, it's cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> there is a space for those who are less apt to code switch. You they they, they exist. I'm you. here they to tell exist. you. There's they a home. Exist. You can't be acting the damn fool skill, but you know, uh, like I said, there is a business version of Patrice that they get. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I I don't pretend to like people painting their house all day and whole carpet. Oh my gosh, I used to have some of the craziest stories in my office. Like, oh my gosh, so this weekend I decided blue, but then I went sky blue and I went gray. Patrice da, 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 da. has very little tolerance. I can ask you, but I'd be like, okay, what's the weekend? And then I would I was real good where I would remember. So I'd be like, oh, you know, if three weeks ago I asked you, like, oh, how was your weekend? And you said, you know, your dog, Jim, and you went hiking. A month from now, I'm going to be like, did we go hiking with Jim this weekend? You know? Shayla's great. Again, she's a whisperer. You got to take notes if you need to. You got to. What's your goal? Is your goal to get to where? I'm very goal oriented. My goal is to get to where I need to get to. So Mm -hmm. what, what, whose dog or child do I need to comment on to get to where I need to get to? Nope. Definitely not happening for me. Um, now, I will say, if I have a mutual interest, and yes, you know, like, if you are talking about dogs, I'm a dog person. I love dogs. So, yeah, we can talk about dogs. I don't care what you paint your house. I really, really fucking don't. And I'll be like, oh, Auburn, that's a lovely off. color. It's in this year. Oh, mm-hmm. yes, Auburn. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. No, no, you know, no. I don't then... have a house. I don't paint my <laughs> it's rent. I have to be renter friendly. I don't have that life. Um, I don't. I don't own the property. I don't. <laughs> okay. We have nothing in common. So I'm See, not going to And pretend. I used to be like, Patrice, you can ask her about her all burned colored house. Why? That ain't going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask about the puppy. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay, cool. You painted. How's the puppy doing? <laughs> oh, oh, so cute. Let me see pictures. Oh, adorable. Okay, talk to you later. That's I can't okay. <laughs> now. Now again, like I feel like there are people who I do have mutual connections with in corporate. Clearly, because I met Shayla. So y'all, please don't think I'm like this evil bitch at work. Because <laughs> I promise I'm not. <laughs> I don't code switch. I don't want to talk about your Auburn house. Like, please don't think that. <laughs> I'm friendly. I'm outgoing. Okay, that I I'm, I can talk to people, but please, again, it, I'm not gonna pretend to entertain stuff that I really don't care about and. Some people you don't have things in in um, common with, and that's okay. We can still work together. We can still talk about work, interesting things about work, other things. But if all you want to obsess about is your Auburn house, and I don't give a fuck about your Auburn house, I'm, I'm leaving that conversation and taking my time back, okay? I got things to do. But that does not happen at all anymore at all because i'm in a space where i have a lot in common with my coworkers, from spirituality to yoga to a lot like i i love you know a lot of people that i work with right now um but again and i'm not evil i'm not just going to shun people okay (laughs) like you know i'm not gonna do that but again if you bring up something and i'm just like oh it's not an opportunity for me to learn or care i i I, we gotta move on (laughs) you can learn about the color of homes why do i want to know about the i'm not owning anything anytime (laughs) i don't want to know about that you know 
as always, uh, we have different approaches here. So, you know, yeah. hey, from a grain of salt, hopefully uh, you learned something. Hopefully you got a different perspective about code switching. We talked about some introverting and uh, some outgoingness and uh, how to make Patrice it happen. Patrice is not evil. Court. Patrice is yes. not evil. Patrice yes. is not evil. Patrice is not evil. And, uh, you know, some good <laughs> tips I gave there uh, about code switching because it's a game. It's, it's, mm-hmm. I'm out here to win, you know? Oh. So, Shayla is. She plays the game. She do. (laughs) All right. right. Well, until next time. Bye.